Welcome to Table Talk with your host, the Step Brothers. I'm Xavier Turner. What's up, y'all? I'm Parker Landek. Um, like first off, welcome y'all to Table Talk for the first episode. We appreciate you guys logging in and joining us. Monday night football game: Seahawks versus the Eagles. Uh, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We had Carson Wentz versus Russell Wilson. Um, the Eagles struggling this year. Give me your initial thoughts on the game last night. I thought our defense played good for us, well as we need them to play for the Hawks to make a run. I thought it was really good having uh, Dunlap come in at the edge, finally solidifying his spot after three games with us, making an impact as a pass rusher. Our defense played well. Jamal Adams was all over the place once again, just doing what Jamal does in our in our safety spot. Our offense didn't look too great. There was times where we were sluggish out there, and kind of just going through the motion. What do you think is the problem there? I mean, there's going to be times throughout the game where you're just going to have lows, no matter who you're playing. If you're playing the 0-11 Jets or the 10-0 Steelers, you're going to have drives where you look good, where things click. And then you're also going to have drives where they don't click. I mean, the players on the other side of the ball are pros too. Right. So, I mean, you got to give and take both ways, especially going down, getting DK involved and got Chris Carson back, running the ball good. It was really, really fun to watch. Awesome. Yeah. The the guy that jumped out for me, I want you to give your player the game too. Yeah. Um, the guy that jumped out for me was Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. He really turned it on there. He had nine total tackles, six solo tackles. The solo a- tackles are hard. They got no one helping you. Just go up, make a play. Like I said, on another pro. He had the one sack. He had uh, one tackle for a loss. So he was always in the in the backfield, and he had two QB hits on Carson Wentz as well, mm-hmm. disrupting things. He has kind of the delayed blitz off the edge. Yeah, which is one of his strengths for sure, coming off, coming up the middle on a delayed blitz. Right. He's practically just another linebacker out there playing the strong safety spot. My player of the game was uh, DK Metcalf. It was nice to see him come alive, um, accounting for 10 receptions on 13 targets for 177 yards. That included a 52-yard bomb to him early in the second quarter, and that set up touchdown pass from Russ to David Moore. Three catches for negative six yards. Negative six yards. And a touchdown, but he's just doing his thing. My my player of the game was DK for sure. It was nice to get him, get him involved. Once again, he took a couple vicious hits early. But I think the defense got more of the bruising on that. He just got up and did DK. Too strong for anybody out there. So I, And that, to me, fits DK's game. I thought it was interesting uh, right from the beginning. You could tell the Eagles weren't going to back down on defense. Darius Slay was yeah. all over him. Started shoving, pushing uh-huh. right from the beginning. As a Seahawks fan, I was excited knowing we have DK Metcalf on our team. Oh, yeah. Someone that's physical. Mm-hmm. Someone One thing that that's not scared. Me, yeah, last night was the whole Tyler Lockett. Like, Tyler Lockett hasn't been a part of our offense the last few weeks. He had three catches for 23 yards. Yeah, three receptions for 23 yards. I mean, we got to get him the ball more. Whether that's on short little screen passes or crossing routes, we got to be able to get him the ball more. He's a dynamic player. But yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> we can get him more involved in the game. So next week, we host the Giants. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones went down with a little hamstring strain. Personally, I know those can have you out for a long time. Yeah. So I'm wishing the best for him. As a Seahawks fan, I'm excited. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little nervous about this game. Yeah, because the Giants were looking good. They've been looking good the last few weeks. Them and the Washington football team in that division are going to be fighting for the first first place in a bad division. But... The Giants can beat you on any given night. We still got to come out and play and 
Our defense still got to show up, and I think this could be a really good stretch for the Seahawks offense, maybe try and get going again before the playoffs start. We got a three easier games coming up. I feel like our offense needs to prove something in these games to be able to carry that over to the to our playoff run, run where hopefully we might get to the Super Bowl. In the second quarter, about five minutes left, this is when I saw the Seahawks from the past three weeks versus the Seahawks this Monday night, and that was when Carson had a 16-yard run, carried four guys for a good five yards there, and got into the end zone. And that was the Seahawks that we know and love. I I watched that play and was like, we're back. We're fine. And that's what we've been missing when we went on our one and three stretch. Travis Homer, I love him. You know, I'm excited for him as a player, but he he doesn't, he's not going to have that 16-yard run for a touchdown. He's a guy who comes in on third down or second down, catches little swing passes or gets you three yards or, but he's not going to be able to come in and do what Carlos Hyde did two weeks ago against the Cardinals, even what Chris Carson did last night coming back off his injury. It was really good to see us be able to run the ball again. And it just makes our offense that much more dynamic. I mean, now you got to account for Chris Carson running it and then the play action where we can hit DK down the middle or lock it on the crossing route. So it just makes us more dynamic and it's fun to watch when we have all of our studs out there. Big time. I agree. So uh, you touched on this a little bit. Our defense played better tonight. Mm-hmm. This whole season, we've given up a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. I think what's underrated is we don't give up a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The Eagles punted on their first five possessions in the first half. But in this situation, every single time, they only ran three plays. Yeah, coming out to start giving the ball to one of the best quarterbacks in the league, MVP candidate, hoping he can do something. And when you get the ball in Russ's hands, good things are going to happen. He had that stretch there where he had 10 turnovers in four games or three games, but that happens, man, the NFL. So he got that out of the way, gave him the ball more. And our defense is playing with what we need them to play to be able to go on a run. That was probably the best part for me personally to see is our defense step up to the challenge and not let Carson Wentz get going. Right. Down by 11, uh, right off the bat, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, uh, they had a long drive, got down uh, within the 10-yard line, couldn't punch it in, decided on fourth down to not kick a field goal. At this point, they're down 11 points. Yeah. Decided not to kick the field goal, ended up with Carson Wentz rolling out to the right a little bit, felt some pressure, released it early, I thought, yep. and threw it literally right to Quandre Diggs, right to him, hit him in the hands. He didn't even have to move. There really wasn't an Eagles player anywhere near him, to be honest with you. And watching that, you could see that they were trying to go to Goddard there on the right, right. the seam, run a little comeback route. That's not a man beater. And on the opposite side, you had Fulgrim, Fulgrim and I can't remember who else, but they were both one-on-one. For me, when you have the safety on the right side of the field, you have to go to the left side and a single high. And that's what Carson Wentz has been doing all year. Especially in the red zone. Yeah, he hasn't been reading it. I feel like that's an easy read, go away from the safe. Is it on Carson Wentz there, or are you trying to take the three points if you you're Doug Peterson? You have to take the three points. You're the you're Eagles. You're only down 11. You're the Eagles. Yeah, you have you're, to take the three points. You're only down 11. You have to take three points. Yeah, so I, I think with Doug Peterson, he is trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Carson Wentz, they're saying he is trying to do too much, 
yeah. with the football. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the same with Doug Peterson in some situations. And I mm-hmm. felt that at that time in the game, mm-hmm. he was trying to make something happen, give him a spark. Yeah. And that's fine because you have to do that in situations. Mm-hmm. But for there, I, I think take the three points. Yeah, you got to know when to be aggressive like that. And then you got to know when to be able to take the three points. Just like when the Seahawks got stopped on fourth and two, and we did we elected to go for it instead of kicking the field goal and go up three nothing. To me, we got to take take the points, take the points when they're there, get a lead. Whether that lead is three zero or ten zero, it's still a lead, and that's putting pressure on the other offense. And that's the thing, your game plan has to change. Because you might not be able to run the ball as much as you wanted to before. Also, uh, touched on this a little bit. Russell Wilson, 22 for 31, 230 yards, Mm -hmm. a touchdown, get this, no turnovers. Yeah, that's perfect. 22 of 31, 230 yards, and a touchdown. We don't need him to go what he's been doing and let Russ cook. We need to be able to just let Russ manage. Right. So he doesn't really need to go out there and try and win the game every throw. He has to know that we have a running game and he can just play within the game. Russ Wilson is 6-0 and against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did win the Super Bowl not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I think they've always been a good franchise. Yeah, they're hurt right now, too. The right. Eagles are pretty badly hurt. They don't have uh, people around Carson Wentz, playmakers. Get this, since 2017 or whenever they drafted Carson Wentz, that's the only draft pick that they've had make a Pro Bowl. Carson Wentz is their only Pro Bowler from the draft. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Unbelievable. I mean, that just shows that they're not doing a good job in the front office right. getting players to surround Carson Wentz because he's an MVP type player when he has weapons around him. Player development's huge, and it's not talked about enough. And there are some programs, I feel like the Miami Dolphins right now, even though they've been struggling the last few years, this season I see a lot of development in their young players. And that's something that the Seahawks have always been good at, to this day, are are good at. Let me get your take on something real quick. I think it was in the third quarter. It came out of halftime, the Eagles did. And we got the ball. We went three and out. And then they did. They had Jalen Hurts in there to start off the series. Jalen Hurts went first down, second down, completed an eight-yard pass, got it to third and two. And then they bring Carson Wentz in to go third and two, and he ended up getting sacked. I mean, what kind of confidence is that showing in you that you have in the Carson Wentz's ability? What does that mix up in the locker room like? Are we riding with this guy? Is this guy him? Are they splitting time now? Is there a more of a competition? What, what what do you think on that? I think it comes back to the Eagles are trying to find a spark. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get something going. You know, whether that's with Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, or together. What worries me is that if Carson Wentz was on the Seahawks right now, playing this way, he would no longer be the starting quarterback. What does Jalen Hurts look like in practice Mm -hmm. where he is not started yet? I feel like he couldn't do much worse than Carson Wentz has to this point. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz has yet to outplay an opposing quarterback. I'm a little worried about Jalen Hurts in that situation. Yeah. The throw last night looked great. I feel like they should have had him in there for a third and two. Comes from a winning program. Exactly. Um, he knows how to win. And then where did he throw at? Oklahoma. Yes. He came out from Oklahoma. So he knows how to win. And He puts like, up big stats in college. Yep. Like you said, I mean, what's it going to hurt right now? Yeah. Just looking for that spark. Right. Looking for that spark. To me, though, as a head coach, you have to pick or choose. You got to Ride with one guy. All right, Carson Wentz, we're going into into battle with you. You're our guy. Everyone, follow him. And, but when you have 
when you're completing putting Jalen Hurst in there someplace and Carson, these guys are like, all right, this, now we have to do this for this guy and right. this for this guy. It just I feel like it just mixes the whole flow up. And that's reps you're taking away from your starting QB yeah. in mm -hmm. practice. Here's the other thing. Back when Russell Wilson took over as Seahawks starting quarterback, I was skeptical. I was a Tavares Jackson fan, <laughs> huge fan. Uh, mm -hmm. I loved his game, and I felt like we also had Matt Flynn for a while. We paid him thirty million to come in. A bunch of money, yeah, and twenty nine point something million. He he reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he was a backup. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. He just didn't work out for the Seahawks, and that's okay. But well, Russ came in there and took over. I was skeptical of Russ. Came in and took over, and Jalen Hurts could do that. Yeah, I see that in him. I, mean, I saw that pass last night. He looked confident. Props to the Seahawks, man. Then you got this rookie coming out of nowhere, Russell Wilson. Right. And obviously they saw something that we did in practice and the preseason. And they had enough you-know-whats to put him over your 30 million quarterback. Right. I mean, that's part of the reason why Carson Wentz is still in there is because he's getting paid and Jalen right. Hurts isn't. That's a big talk. Sometimes do you pay the player that gets paid or do you play – the best player for your team. That's the other thing. They committed to Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. They paid him. They put the whole Eagles organization on his shoulders. Yeah. And I think that's the main reason they haven't fully switched the QB. Mm -hmm. And I, I like Carson Wentz. I watched him last night and was like, hey, he can do some things. Mm -hmm. And I think if he was in a different offense, yeah. some things would change there. Put him with some playmakers, man. Some playmakers. You know, a, a team that's not going to turn the ball over as much, um, give them more opportunities offensively. Bold move by the Seahawks, start Russell Wilson there, and I, I think it's time for Jalen Hurst to step in. So, Alshon Jeffrey is probably Carson Wentz's number one receiver, his top guy in there, and he's 30 years old. He's been there for a while, I understand that, but you got to get Carson Wentz some young athletic dude that can run away from people. Alshon Jeffrey's not going to run away from cornerbacks now. Get him some people around him. Get him playmakers where he can dump it off three yards and then they go get 20 yards. Get some speed guys in there. Get some athletic people around him so it's not all relying on Carson, Carson Wentz's arm. That's the other thing. They had Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Great player, in my in my opinion. Mm -hmm. A guy that can have two catches for you know yeah. 150 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and exactly. They're missing that uh -huh. big time. It's tough to find guys like that. And... They haven't done a great job drafting either. There, there's some problems there. I will say, though, upside for the Eagles is their defense looks good up there at times. So there's an upside for them. They they haven't given up. No. They compete. Yep. They compete every night. Not like the Cowboys where they just come out there and they've given up this season. You can see it. But not the Eagles. They just keep fighting. They keep fighting. So let's talk about this next five weeks to end the season. Right. I mean, the, Se the Seahawks got the easiest remaining schedule left in the league. Who do we got? We got... The Giants, the Jets were at Washington at or versus the Rams and then at the 49ers. So we got three pretty solid games. I mean, the Giants, the Jets, and the Washington football team. That's a tough one. I know. <laughs> I, that's my sleeper. I feel like that's the one that the Seahawks could lose. I'm, predict, I'm predicting the Hawks to go 4-1 and one in these last five games. We're right. going to beat the Rams because we need to. We lost to them last time. We're going to beat the 49ers. But to me, the Washington football team is playing good. They got Alex Smith, who's going to keep getting better and more comfortable in there with the with this gruesome leg injury. 
They got Antonio Gibson, running back, who's one of the best stories in the NFL right now, I personally think. They got Terry McLaurin. Their defense looks good. I think that Chase Young, Young, rushing. I think they're going to do something. They're my pick to win that division is the Washington football team. I I agree. What's, uh, for me, the the last game against the 49ers, that we could drop that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm always going to pick the Seahawks to win. I feel like one of these last games, we might slip up a little bit, Uh and I feel like it's going to be the last game against the 49ers. They're kind of out of it at this point, so uh, last game might be a slip-up So you think they'll go 4-1 too? Uh, I think 4-1, yeah. yeah. So I'm having us at 12-4 going in the playoffs. I think the Saints are going to slip up a little, and we're going to get the number one seed. Going to the playoffs, home field advantage – what are you thinking on that? Because there's not fans. Yeah. It's not packed. The Saints mm-hmm. need that home field advantage. Yeah. How much does that play a factor? It plays a big factor. And, I mean, now there's no really home field advantage in the playoffs. But, I mean, these teams still have to travel to other teams' stadium. They still have to sleep in wherever they sleep, hotels, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's still an away game. There's definitely going to be better communication out there. The quarterback will be able to be heard. The coaches will be able to be heard with no fans. So, to me, I don't think a home field advantage is going to play that big of a part in the playoff run. Whoever whoever it is, whoever it is for. I want to see a Saints-Seahawks matchup. Uh-huh. If you guys didn't know, I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. Yeah. I'm not so much a Saints, but I'm a, I'm a Drew Brees fan. Yeah. So I'd love to see that matchup in the playoffs. Going back to Marshawn's uh, Beastquake run, yeah. uh, it's always been a great matchup. And yeah. I hope it happens again this year. With that, we kind of wanted to end this first podcast just reviewing the Seahawks game, giving our predictions, uh, rest of the five games this season, and heading into the playoffs. Please uh, comment your predictions for us. Let us know what you guys think, how the Seahawks are going to do. Give us your thoughts on the remaining games that the Seahawks have. Each week we'll be posting our predictions and then a blank sheet for you guys to fill out too. Comment below or DM us those predictions. Whoever wins, we want to give them a shout out on the next podcast. Please comment or DM. We want to get you guys involved. Please also hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. We really appreciate y'all for joining us on the first episode of Table Talk featuring your host, the Step Brothers. I'm Parker Landay. I'm Xavier Turner. Thank you guys for tuning in.